0: My next speaker, very near and dear to my heart, um, this is a, a gentleman that uh, I have invested time i've invested money with this guy uh, to learn from him he is in in my opinion, he is the the best trainer i've ever met on uh, the money mindset on overcoming obstacles and roadblocks on your way to wealth uh, eight figure earner this is a gentleman that has really Uh, just, he's a master of his craft. I asked him to come in here and speak specifically on a topic that I think he is the number one speaker on the planet about. And that is the obstacles and roadblocks you have and you're going to encounter if you want to make a lot of money. So I highly encourage you, pay very close attention. Uh, we're going to introduce him with a, uh, a video. He's got a video for us. So enjoy the video. Make sure you're paying attention because he's going to give you some very, very powerful advice and tips. So here we go.
1: Thank you, thank you. Well, wow, wow, a standing O, a standing O. Wow, thank you. Wow, thank you, thank. You. Okay, seriously, thank you. Uh, wow, that was really kind of you. So, my wife, I, I decided I'd bring my wife up here for a second because we're gonna talk because she's better looking than me. So. It's easier. But we, you know, yesterday at lunch, and I've been able to visit with so many of you, so thank you for spending time. Last night, we just got to visit with dozens, and it was so fun. It's so fun for me to do that. But we were at lunch, and uh, somebody who, you know, I was sitting next to a gentleman. He didn't know who I was, and, you know, big deal. And he's like, so what did you do before you did all this? And I said, "Uh, welfare. I did welfare before this. (laughs) But we qualified for welfare for five years, our first five years of our marriage, we qualified for welfare and we lived in a mobile home and I grew up in a mobile home and I, we would check, we'd check um, our shoes for mice because we were out on the prairie. We had several cats in the house and those were working cats. Those were working cats to catch the mice. And, you know, I'm not even you think I'm kidding and I'm not. Uh, I had an outhouse. I grew up with it. Uh, this isn't like from the 1800s. This is like I'm 35 and I had an outhouse that I go to the bathroom in in the spring. When the water table was too high and the toilets wouldn't flush. So I would grow up with my dad. Um, I grew up hungry. I mean, actually, we were hungry. We were actually hungry. And when I would go into the kitchen, there was a door into the kitchen. And I'd step in. And if there was a little bill stack, there was some of you guys maybe had where the bills would go. And then dad would take those bills out once a month. And just the sight of that. I would look, and if he was paying those bills, it was like, I'm out of here. Because I would see him, and I didn't, I it wasn't until I was older, with married with kids, that I knew what was happening. But I would see him almost, like, literally sweating. And I would see his veins popping out, trying to figure out how to make this money work, how to make those bills happen, you know? And I would go... Uh, i'm just giving you a couple because your issues with money a lot of them have nothing to do with you no fault of your own whatsoever none nothing 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 to do with you most of it was this biochemic environment that you stepped into in these visual movies that weren't movies they were real that you grew up and it fed you and it it Programmed a spider like the web, you know the World Wide Web. Uh, they call it the web because when you Google something, you 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 program the appetite of the spider to crawl the web and bring it up. And so what happened is your your thermometer with money, it was programmed so that as you go out the world, you view all things, giving the programming a lot of what the spider was programmed to see and search and bring to your mind on money. So just, I'm going to talk about money and kind of how to overcome, and really not overcome it, just get free from some of the hang-up of it, and then I'm going to share a quick story about how my wife has helped in the cure of my money woes. But I would show up, and Dad would be sweating, blood, like blood drops almost, and it was so tense, and I just, I remember thinking, money causes my dad pain, and I remember thinking that very distinctly, and I remember I was... uh, We pulled up to McDonald's and mom asked if I wanted an ice cream cone. And I was a little boy, I was five or six. And what little five or six boy doesn't want an ice cream cone, right? But I remember telling my mom, this is how wired this stuff was in me. I said, no, I don't, I don't want it. I'm not hungry because I saw that 25 cent ice cream cone. This is in the eighties, right? 25 cent ice cream cone meant my dad trying to figure out how to pay the bills. And I didn't want to make him hurt. So I didn't want an ice cream cone. Okay. So today we're going to talk a little bit about money and it's, it's a very, now today with, with my kids, um, we'll sit down and Isaac we will be, I said, Isaac, we'll have supper and it'll be seven o'clock. And I remember one specific time it was seven o'clock and I said, well, our cart just opened. We're doing a little mini relaunch of one of my products. You know, today's Opening launch, it starts at 7 eight. You know 7 o'clock. So we have supper for about 23 minutes. And I say, well, Isaac, let's go back to the computer. Let's just see what's going on. Let's check the stats. And it was 23 minutes we ate, and we had collected $23,000. And I said, you know, we've made about $1,000 a minute, um, and that's going to maintain for about the next 90 minutes or so Then it's going to tail off, and then it'll surge back. But the environment, so now... Look at the different spiders that are getting. And this is no fault on my parents at all. And this is no glory to me, right? It's just an awareness of the money conditioning game. But, you know, now whenever we fly the kids home, we spend summers in Phoenix. Eric, we spend summers in North Dakota. We spend winters in Phoenix. And we're flying the kids home and we always drive by the private airport. And almost every time now, Isaac goes, hey, dad, just think about why aren't we on the private jet? It could be just us. You know, was, there's a bunch of us. There's four kids and a dog and friends. Are all, there's a little entourage, about eight of us all the time together, at least. You know, we could have our own plane. We wouldn't, no lines. We wouldn't have to wait in line. Um, we could be there faster. Like, Dad, come on. Like, suck it up. Let's do it. And he's 11, <laughs> right? And it, and, but he's, he's been programmed different. So I've taken him to... Uh, we did a mastermind in the Trump penthouse in Vegas... And Isaac was serving, you know, so he was making sure everybody was taken care of with drinks and food and, you know, teaching him this and that and the other thing. And um, nowadays, you know, Isaac, uh, it's so different. It's so different to think of my childhood and I think of the kids' childhood. Um, we went, I could just keep telling stories. But here's what I wanted to bring up, Shane, I'm going to let you go, Shane. Um, when we were in the trailer and in the trailer, uh, we woke up one night. It was probably 3 or 4 a.m., and it was winter in Maryland. And we're in a mobile home, in a mobile park. I have two kids. You're probably pregnant. You're pregnant all the time. She's pregnant for like five years in a row. And, uh, and we wake up because we can see our breath. The baby's crying. And it's really cold. It's really cold. And I wake up and I'm like, I try to turn on the heat. No heat, right? Well, the propane's out. So I call the propane guy. And propane guy comes you know emergency propane guy winter it says um you know it fills it up while you're out of propane and i look at him and i'm a grown man in america right with a pregnant wife two kids and i say you know what and it's to look back now i can look back and kind of see it and it's kind of cute and humorous to me actually um but when you're in that moment it's not (laughs) It's not cute or humorous or funny or it wasn't to me. But I remembered looking at him and said, you know, I can I can give you my credit card, but it's it's not gonna work. And I can write you a check, but that's gonna bounce, that's not gonna work. And I said, I I, I can't even give you a dollar. I don't even have a dollar. I, I can't give you anything. Nothing. Nothing. And you know, he was nice though. He just I think he just felt bad for me. And uh, he left but I have hundreds of those stories. You know, the first time I remember, uh, one of my friends was getting married and we were going to take him out to eat. Right. And we went and we kind you know, you order the, the chicken for $6 and, but I'm going to pay for that meal and the credit card and it's a $20 meal and the credit card balances and I can't, or it doesn't work. I can't pay for the meal, you know? And to this day, so, you know, and I've, you know, I've, I've made some flips. Like I've, this this stuff maybe i'll get to share if i get to share it it'll be kind of wild but during that time to frame that during that trailer time in the baltimore beltway traffic is crazy and there's always almost accidents and i diverted this crazy accident i got home and i was like shanna i think i just about died right and we're in this trailer and you got to understand we we were putting about eight dollars of gas in the car at a time we had one car with two kids and shannon was working full-time and i was working full-time and this car we couldn't license in maryland because we couldn't get it up to inspection standards so we had a pretended license in north dakota and the car would die on the interstate just randomly just die and i you know and i was asking you know my parents gave us so much money just to even get a hot water heater so we could so it was just like it was just hard it was so hard but I came home, and somehow we were able to get a life insurance policy on me for like a half a million bucks or something. And I came home, I said, Shani, I just, I think I just about died. Like, just like 10 minutes ago. I think I just about died. And she looked you at smiling. You smiling. wasn't smiling. I wasn't smiling. Like, I was a ghost. You know, when you avoid like death, and you're like ghost. I'm like, I think I just about died. Like, I'm, I, this is like a lease on life. And uh, I said, and all you just saw was dollar signs. Right. And she said, she said to me, and I I want, you know, she said, Mark, I believe you can make a million dollars so fast that I would have lost money if I just got that money, if I lost you. And so Shannon, the reason I brought you up here is because, you know, someone believes in you. I don't someone, and it sometimes maybe no one does. And then maybe it's just you and that's okay too. But someone believes in you out there. I do. I do, so I don't care where you're at you know, in, the, in the spectrum. Most of you aren't in that trailer position, or you couldn't be here at the beautiful JW Marriott. Um, but Shannon, you believed in me, and I'm telling you, it, it has changed my world. It's changed our kids' world, and you've just been everything I've and more that I ever wanted, so thank you. I love you. I love you. All right. Now, I told Shannon I had... <laughs> I told Shannon I wanted to release the true tension of life. So I told her I was going to start with that story. (laughs) I was going to tell a different story. Because not everyone's spouses support them, right? Or does everyone's spouse like, ah, you can do it. You're awesome. We got you. We got this 100%. Well, one day, uh, I get this idea. I'm going to start doing YouTube videos, right? And, um, by the way, on the million dollars so fast, um, I started off doing some weird... You want to know a couple little weird things that helped condition me into some money, some wealth? This is just super weird. I'd go on walks. And if you guys try this, just don't tell anybody you're doing it because it's really goofy. But every step I would take, at the time I would make $1,000 a sale on this travel product. Every step I would condition myself, I'd go on a jog and a, I never jogged and I was out of shape and I was all sorts of things, but I thought I got to get my goals into my body, right? So I would go on jogs and every single step I imagined a thousand dollars, a new thousand dollars, boom, boom. So if you run a mile and I haven't done, you know, someone should calculate that for me. That'd be interesting. How many step? how many typical six foot male steps are in a mile, but I would literally train my imagination for a thousand dollars a step, every damn step. So when I got back to my office, I had probably made a million dollars in my body, in my mind. Okay. And then I started making thousand dollar sales so fast. I remember I had an $18,000 a day on these thousand dollar sales. And we're talking, this is 12 months later. And this is from, remember, this is not far removed. This isn't like some ancient distant past, when I'm talking about the trailer. This is months later, 18,000. Just boom. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, this whole like plant your gold thing into you, I think there's something to this. So I remember I started doing $50,000 steps. What's, what would that be like? 50, I don't want the thousand stuff anymore. I want the 50,000. remember doing some 50s. And then all of a sudden I had some $50,000 days show up. Weird. But I got bored with that. So then I thought, well, you know what? Let's play with this one. Let's play with the million. Let's play with the million-dollar step. Million dollars a step. And see how it goes. And I'm not kidding you. When we released, um, this was after I did Info Blueprint, which we did um, we did a million dollars in a week. Um, this was after we did MLM Launch Formula. We did a 1.2 million in a week. This was after we did Pay-Per-Click Mastery, where I did 300,000 on a single webinar. <clears throat> and this was after... Um, So I I was accustomed to making some surges in a day, but I thought, well, no, I want a day. Let's go for a million in a day. So I just, million dollar steps, right? Pretty crazy, pretty weird. And anyway, then we did futuristic marketing last year and we processed a million dollars in a day from the stuff in me and Jonathan's brain, my partner, Jonathan. But it was a million dollar day. And this is just a tip. Try this. (laughs) Whatever you want to earn, whatever that little thing is. And then last year we started this little company, this internet company thing. And I would go on runs and I'm just playing with all the, I play with these imaginations because when you start to play with your imagination and you literally quantum out an, into a different world, like it's a different planet. It's the same terrain, but you're in a different planet than you were before. Like everything is different. The food you eat, the friends you every everything, the thought everything has changed. And the deeper you stretch that imagination, and and permeate it into your body, into your mind, and it becomes so congruent to you that you move into it. You see, that's you see, a lot of you. If you're uncomfortable with being a millionaire, you're not going to become a millionaire. So one of the best things you can do right now is to pretend you're actually dealing with the million dollar business. And then you're gonna get your tax people. See, so I started hiring a tax guy that only dealt with millionaires. And I didn't, I wasn't a millionaire, but I said, I'm gonna, no, I'm like, no. And he's like, well, what do you make? I'm like, well, it doesn't matter, but I'm gonna be making a million dollars. And it's just like, well, okay. But I'd programmed myself so much that I was so comfortable with it. You're gonna move towards comfort and you're gonna move towards pleasure. So with these steps, when I was doing the thousands, I remember thinking to myself, I would see my daughter, Gracie, she was on the video, wrap her arms around me on the beaches of Hawaii next to the giant sea turtles and say, Daddy, this is so awesome, right? So I imagined myself in the jungles. I imagined myself skiing in Vail and in Montana. And I imagined my my friends from all over the world meeting me. And I imagined eating sushi. I imagined eating whatever I want. And For me, based on the childhood thing, I'm still grateful for food. Like I haven't outgrown this deal. Like I order sushi and it's like, God, thank you that I can eat a healthy piece of protein right now. You know what I mean? And I lived with the gas tank on E for five straight years. It never got above E. Like it was on E. It lived on E. And I'll sit in my car and, you know, now drive a $90,000 Escalade. I sit into it. It's on F. And the best part is half the time, I'm not even filling it up. Somebody else is washing it, filling it up, prepping it for me, or even driving me. And I'll sit down and go, thank you, God. It's on F. It's on F. I haven't grown old. i still, and you know, it's been like five, six years. I'm still not sick of this stuff, you know? So, thank you, thank you. But when it, when it comes to, when it comes to, conditioning expanding your imagination um i would keep so much and today today i still go on these walks and today i, I you know i go on two to four to five mile walks and i'll go on these walks and all i on, oh, there we go all's i go and i think on everything i want to feel see there's a difference in having a goal if you write down a goal ten thousand dollars a month you just write it down mmm okay whatever, write down 20, 34, whatever that number is for you, it's relative. It doesn't matter whatever it is. I want to encourage you instead of thinking about your goals, instead of writing them down, do all that. But I want you to feel into your goals to such a level that you start tricking yourself. So I would go on these walks, and all I would do is feel every feeling that I want to have, every possible feeling. And on these walks, I condition my mind almost in a meditation kind of way. And it's not hard. It's getting easier. But it started five years ago, so this is a condition kind of thing. But I go on the walk, and with every step, I would imagine a new surge, almost like winds of money coming into the account. And then I would imagine clients, like I said on the movie, clients grasping me, saying, thank you, you changed my life. Right? Now I get that all the time. I, that is the air I breathe in. Client praise, literally. It, but it's but I have felt it thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of times. So if you're doing something and you sell a starter kit and emotionally you feel, oh gosh, I got it. I tricked him into that $400 starter kit. Now I'm pretty nervous. And then the, the, the relationship severs because... You, you know, that's where I used to be, right? And I would pay for half the starter kit. I'm like, yeah, I did. I'm going to make this cruise, so I'm going to pay for half of it. And then the, the relationship got weird and things like that. So the best thing I could do, and the, the best thing I can recommend for really overcoming some money hangups is becoming absolutely enraptured in everything you want to feel, every sensation, every taste, every desire, every visual whatever it is, I want you to just go on these walks. I, I go on them, no phone, no nothing. And I just visualize. And again, Hawaii, I go to Hawaii a couple times a year, but I imagine whew, the hug, right? I imagine my best friend. So, you know, Shannon and I took a couple of our best friends. We're hiking in the Hawaii jungles. And I looked to Shani, I'm like, yeah, you know, I saw all this. Here we are. It's crazy, right? Then we go down and eat sushi. We spend two, $3,000 On food, right? And morally, some would say, well, there's starving children in India, right? Well, guess what? I feed them too, (laughs) right? And so we're doing that, and then I'm like, it's good for the economy for me. You know, it's supporting good restaurants and fine craftsmanship and and all this stuff. And you got to reconcile the whole wealth game that it's good. It's good for you. It's good for the world. It's good if you're selling. Now, for me, A lot of my childhood see what my powerpoint has to say here what time are we at okay we got a couple minutes i like it um so for me i grew up in this mobile home and i grew up in north dakota where aesthetics and prosperity maybe aren't like the cultural ethos okay it's just kind of not where it's at um There's amazing people and I, and I love North Dakota and I go back there and I plan on being buried there. I know exactly where it's going to be on this prairie next to my grandpa and and all these people. It's going to be great. But, um, I grew up without a lot of prosperity thinking. Okay. Now there's, so when I decided I wanted to make money, there's, I went to the only person wealthy that I knew was the story, which was to me almost fable-like of King Solomon, who is the richest man who ever lived, according to the text. So what I did is I didn't have any mentors and I didn't know any, I was the first six-figure earner I knew, right? I didn't know anybody. I was the first one, it was pretty weird. Um, but I would go into the people, people curse whoever, I know you can't read this book, it's okay, holds back grain. But what I did was I would go to King Solomon's writings and I would imagine in my mind, that this verse that he wrote to be passed and protected and saved for the people for thousands of years, that it would manifest in my life perfectly. Now, that's a lot of faith for you to even, but it doesn't have to. It's just my imagination. So I would imagine that these, I would read his verses and, and anything that had to do with business, I'd put a B by it. So I started cataloging the Proverbs, right? And it said, People curse whoever holds back the grain, but a blessing, but a blessing. Covers the head of him who sells it. So what I would do was I would imagine because I knew I had so many issues with money that it wasn't even funny. My wife, I asked, Shani, we should write some goals. How much a month should we go for? She said, eight grand. I looked at her with religious indignation and said, don't be greedy. We don't need 8000 right now every week i pay out around hundred thousand dollars to people i you know what i'm saying <laughs> like if i would have truncated my life to an eight thousand dollar goal what a loss to just like the economy <laughs> right so i but anyway so i i took i did these with dozens and dozens i formed a course that sold millions of dollars called solomon ceo now But so I would imagine this and what I would imagine is people curse whoever holds back the grain. Now, in the ancient culture, grain was the sustenance of bread. It could ferment and create alcohol, which the ancients seemed to enjoy as well. It was it was a very thing that the ancient world valued very high. So people curse you if you have the grain and you hold it back. Right. But a blessing covers the head and in, in scripture and in Hebrew in particular with with the version of a blessing covering the head was like an oil of anointing, and this oil would be a fine oil that would drip and literally cover the entire body, and the oil stood for God's spirit and his blessing, right? So when it says, but a blessing will cover the head of him who sells it, I started to imagine myself, because, and I was in a cursed state. Now, this doesn't mean my soul was cursed, this does, but I'm telling you, when you wake up in the middle of the night, and there's no food in the fridge, and you can't pay the the propane bill and your babies are crying and your pregnant wife is looking at you, that's cursed. It's okay. But well, however you want to word it, not good. <laughs> I'm just going to go with cursed. Okay? <laughs> it was just a wretched kind of situation. And, and as a marketer and as an opportunistic purveyor of what, what we do in the business opportunity space that a lot of us are in, network marketing, et cetera, as I see the, the state people are in, it, you know, whether it's cursed, whatever... Not that good, though, not that good they don 't see their kids, health is failing, the you know, can 't afford good food, just all sorts of things. But I imagined that the people curse whoever holds back the grain, and I said to myself, "You know what i 'm not going to hold back i 'm not going to hold back selling what I have. The grain is products or services that will help people, period it can be knowledge services, inventions it doesn 't matter." But if you have a service that helps somebody, that is alleviates the curse in their life. Now, it's not the whole curse of their life, but literally one little thing you sell them. Maybe it's an anti-inflammatory vitamin. There's a level of curse if your back's hurting or your feet are inflamed or whatever, and if that can help it. So I said, you know what I'm going to do is I'm not going to hold back. And the people are going to bless those who sell it. I am going to sell the grain. And I imagined myself selling and I imagined myself becoming one of the best salespeople in the world. Now this was when I qualified for welfare. So it's easy for me to stand up here now and say, well, I made a million dollars in a day and you know, blah, blah, blah. It all looks so, you know, well, of course you did. You believed this. Well, at the time (laughs) there was no reason to believe it was going to happen. So what I did was I would believe My whole life, comprehensively with the family, with the client relationships, they would just be like blessing on blessing on blessing because I got really, really good at selling. I got so good at it. And I morally, I, I morally justified and reconciled that selling was a gateway to blessing two types of people, my buyers and myself. And that's called winning and winning, right? So I did this with about 30 or 40 or 50 different proverbs. And they changed my life so much that that I really don't even know what to tell you about it. Like, there's another one that says, the hands of the diligent makes rich, but the hands of the lazy are to forced labor. And I imagine myself saying, my hands, these little hands, look at your hands, pick your hand up and just look at it. You can type emails. I can type emails and create 20 to 30 to 40 to $50,000 with these hands. It's doing this. Nobody, I'm not talking to anybody. I'm not sweating. I'm smoking a cigar, looking at the sunset, just typing. And all of a sudden, the hands of the diligent makes rich. But the hands of the lazy lead to forced labor. Now, in the ancient world, forced labor, more likely to slavery. In the modern world, there's a modern form of slavery. I have to be to work at eight. They don't let me go till five. I only get two weeks And it's better than ancient slavery. I will grant that. But forced labor is forced labor. I got to get up and I need to go to work. And I said to myself, okay, according to this little text, it was the hands of the diligent makes rich, but the hands of the lazy to forced labor. And I said, these little hands are going to get good at reading books, turning the book pages. I'm going to get really good at it. I'm going to get really good at typing, right? And it said the tongue of the wise promotes healing, I said, you know what? I'm going to learn to speak, and I'm going to have that speak promote so much healing in my life, so much healing for my listeners, and I just absolutely bought it that this stuff was going to happen for me. And it it changed everything. It changed everything. Let me give you one more, and then I'm going to get out of here. Uh, you guys getting value today? Is this good? Okay. And this one this one was really big. And this has been a this has been a core. This has been a core one for me over the years. And I when I made the Solomon CEO thing, and, and you know, this is key. Raise your hand if you have any inf, any um, interest in being an information marketer or a knowledge maker, basically manufacturing knowledge. It's one of the best, you know, and I believe that we're made in God's image and I believe God's great, one of his greatest gifts ever was a book. Get your book made. Get your message out there. That is a godlike activity. It's in you. If it's in you, it's actually in you. And the longer you, per, the longer you hold that message, the more you doubt yourself. Because there's an internal diagolos, is the Greek word for thinking, diagolos. It means back and forth. You have a back and forth in your mind. I have this book. It's a great idea, says one side. Oh, you've been thinking about that idea for three years, bro. Get real and sopranos are on tonight so let's just watch that okay so you have this (laughs) diagolos going on but i believe i believe like in with this whole in god's image thing that you as a knowledge creator and knowledge purveyor is actually embedded in you and we're moving into an age that has never been so easy for that knowledge to get out to get curated and to get disseminated in a cheaper, more powerful way with all the different channels. Like we're literally moving into the greatest abundance that's ever, that's ever been known faster than ever. Like we have more, the our industry in the coming next decade and our children will be taught to do it. We will have, we will marshal more, pers, we will marshal more power than major networks did in the eighties. Just like us. Because we know how to disseminate, we know direct response, we know how to embed virality, we know how to spread videos. My videos, this is crazy. Another thing with Shannon, we were out, we were in Montana, we were skiing. I was just getting started, and we were looking at people climbing these ice, these waterfalls would freeze, and they climb up with ice. And every now and then we pray. We don't pray that often. I mean, it'd be totally lying if I said we pray all the time. We don't. We pray like once a month, maybe. But it's real, right? So we can fake it, or we say grace and things like that. But once in a while, we pray for real, right? And we're in this kind of like, almost like a cave kind of thing, looking at this thing. And Shani says, uh, well, let's pray. Let's pray for your business. And she prayed that that my messages and my content would cover the whole world. She said that it, that, that Hoverson leadership would go all over the world. And at the time, it was like, okay, Shannon, You know, it seems a little over the top again, which is a recurring theme. Shannon thinks big, and I go, I don't know about that one. Um, but this Solomon stuff crazy thing about it this Solomon stuff is over the last four years it never is not being watched it's watched every minute of every day all over the world and literally millions of hours of my content is consumed constantly isn't this crazy this is crazy and, and <laughs> it's just but I'm yeah thank you but it's this belief stuff. And so what I'm saying, treat, inspira- treat your inspirations with respect. Treat hunches with a sacred, treat them sacred, right? Sacred. Your book idea, it's a sacred thing. Treat it like such. Get it into book form or video form or webinar form or just who cares? Tell somebody. Right. And monetize that thing. But this is this is the parting thought. This is the parting thought. Ray, thanks for letting me be up here, by the way. Where are you, Ray? I know. There's these big zeros flashing at me like get, you know, people are hungry. I know you're hungry. I get it. So there's this picture that says the lazy man looks at the land and sees no game to roast. So his eyes are here and this is the land. Right. Trees. There's, you know, the cities here. There's a stream the forests whatever the lazy man looks at the land and says there's no game to roast meaning his eyes look at it and he says you know not only is there not a lot of money there's not a lot of game meaning there's not a lot of food here food there's issues with food in this land we're not sure we're going to be able to eat let alone find work the lazy man sees no game to roast and remember i'd visualize these things so it it was really a fascinating study um changed my life so much But it said, but a diligent man, not sure what's going on there. Okay. (laughs) But the diligent man sees precious wealth in the land. So the exact same land is being looked at by two different mindsets, right? The lazy man's looking and going, ah, no, there's saturation. Network market, no, this, this, my co- the company's gotten too big. Everybody knows about it. Everybody's heard about it. No, YouTube, too many people on there now. It's not like it was in 2000, whatever. You know, the lazy man looks and says, ah, oh, no, that's not, the opportunity's not there like it used to be. You know, it's just not there. You know, and you can check that guy's bank account, right? And then... But the diligent man, and diligent means speed, and as much as it means speed, it means focus. And as much as it means focus, it actually means determined, right? A lot of people think diligent means fast worker. Well, you can watch a waitress work all day, and she's fast, and she's doing great work, but she's not getting rich. So speed is just part of it. Determination is, is a much bigger ethos here but the hand of the diligent, but the eyes of the diligent see precious wealth in the land and all they see is opportunity. So in 2008, when the stock market was going down and homes went crazy and, inter- you know, everyone got kicked off Google, YouTube account got banned. Everything, everyone was falling out. People were falling out. Incomes were going crazy. I remember I called my dad and I said, dad, we got to get a couple chickens. We got to get a couple pigs. We got to get a couple cows." I think I'll be living it. I think we're going to all tribe up back at home. And uh, this is not good. Target, I was in the travel industry and Target was releasing commercials of families around a board game saying the new vacation, <laughs> right? In a cold little room playing board games because there was no more money and there was no more travel. And my check went from 15,000, 18,000, 20,000 a week. And in two weeks, it went to zero. Zero. That was the day. It went to zero. Now, this is, this is after going like 15, 10, 8,000, 15, 20, a week, consistent, like butter. I wasn't even having to try. And then it went to zero. So at that moment, you know, old trusty. See, your faith, it, faith is not uh, to exercise your faith in whatever it is. Um, if I was behind it, if I was get to be the designer of someone testing their faith, I would put so many challenges in front of them just to see if, how the faith responded. That's what I would do. That's what I do to my children. I actually put obstacles. I put things in front of them to make it difficult. I want them to break through because on the other side, they're a better person. Anyway, um, so I went to zero and then I thought, okay, this is a time everyone's bailing. Everyone's freaking out. Oh, they're cutting off my voice now to get out of here. All right, I'm out, I'm out. But I remember, I remember, I decided, you know what, screw it, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna buy a house cheaper than anybody could buy a house. I'm gonna keep my credit alive. I'm gonna become one of the best in the world at internet marketing while everyone else freaks out. I'm gonna search forward. And I've had my record after record after record years based on this alone. So here's, here's just a little parting thought on wealth. We, we shared a few things today and I'm not sure what the takeaway is, but there's 200 takeaways so I don't know what that takeaway is for you, but maybe, it's, maybe it was the embedding the goals in, maybe it was just realizing that it's not your fault that you have hang-ups on. And literally, if you're, if you're hung up at 50,000 a month, you're still hung up. Stuck is stuck, whether it's at 50. And it doesn't always mean that you have to go to 60 to not get stuck. Maybe you make 40, but you're happier. Right? So there, there, it's a complicated game that we're playing, and it's a fun one, and it's worth and I think it's worth everything in your heart and soul to go after, which is your dreams. And when it comes to money, I would just, parting thought, not your fault if you're a little screwed up on money. And even as you make money, you're gonna have little residual effects of your hangups. Like to this day, sometimes when I swipe a credit card, I have a pain in my gut because it got denied for so many years. Like it was literally roulette every time I would try to buy something. Every time it was like, oh God, please, please and so many times it didn't work and at this day I was telling one of my best friends the other day I said you know it's still crazy I just, everything I buy I still feel it I feel it almost all the time still there can be $80,000 in my checking and I still feel it so I haven't overcome it I'm in the game i in this game with you but it's fun so that's all I got Ray thank you love you guys thanks for supporting me over the years thanks for supporting Ray I'm out
0: Thank you. Thank you. Good stop. All right. Now, now, do you see why I had him here, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome, man.